This is the Cattails Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 4, Episode 9. Who do you want to be in tough times? Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Cattails Podcast. So, how are you doing? As I'm making this, it's coming towards the end of September in 2022. Wow. I always get reflective this time of year, maybe it's the teacher in me, September's like a new start in the school year, and I always think, yeah, three more months until the end of the year, what can we do in the next three months? So you've caught me in a self-reflective mood, (laughs) and I've got something which I think could be really helpful in making a shift in how we think about things, and I'll get into it. I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, who are the Masterclass Sessions. If you just send me a message on social media or comment on one of my posts about the podcast or michael.catos.co.uk, send me an email, just something that you like, and you can be entered into our monthly draw with a chance to win a whole year subscription to Masterclass Sessions. Some of the incredible people, the best in their fields from all around the world, deliver these amazing online sessions, and you can have a chance to see them for free for a year. And our person from last month was Mark Pollitt, and I know he's going to be very happy to be watching those. So this is something I think might be able to be helpful for you to make a shift in tough times. How do you define tough times? It might be financially, economically, emotionally. There's no doubt that a lot of us are going through some difficult things at the moment and that might be yourself as well. I kept coming back to this difference between who do you want to be and what do you want to have? Because they're not the same thing. And I've done a lot of work on this, on who I wanted to be, maybe who I've always wanted to be but also what I wanted to have and I wanted to give you something to help you to understand that or to maybe just think about that a little bit more. So what does it actually mean? Well, being a human being, we don't define ourselves as a human having, do we? Or you know, But we spend a lot of time thinking about what, what do we want to have. We even say things in English like, what do you want to have for breakfast? You don't say, who do you want to be at breakfast time? And when we're in business, we think, okay, how many clients do we want to have? How many leads do we want coming in every month? How much turnover do you want to have, etc. If you're not in business, you might say, okay, right, well, how much money have I got coming in at the end of my paycheck at the end of every month? Yeah. So we have to have things. We have needs. We have physical, emotional, spiritual, financial needs. And there's no doubt about that. But this might be relevant right now. Are you finding that at the moment you might not be able to have everything that you want? You know, it might be in relation to um, the what was it, cost of, we sometimes hear this cost of living crisis, I don't like that phrase, but things going up in price because of shortages, you know, we don't have things, access to things like we might want them. Think about supply chain demands, you order something and it doesn't come for a long time because they don't have the drivers or you might have a hospital appointment and you're waiting for months if not years on your appointment because they don't have the slots, right? So how do we manage our expectations without trying to make our life shrink? I suggest this shift towards who do you want to be, not what do you want to have? Because who you want to be is something that starts with a personal decision from inside. And as I always like to say, it starts from inside out, right? So I'm so happy that I get to quote my favorite band, the Canadian rock trio Rush. And there's an album they have called Hold Your Fire from the 80s and a song called um, Prime Mover. And Getty sings in it, the point of a journey is not to arrive. So... Just let that kind of permeate throughout this whole episode, you know, food for the journey. The whole point is not to get you to the destination today. That's not the point. Anytime you go on a journey, it's not just about when you get there. It's about who you're becoming on, on the way. 
So I wanted to give you three tangible things to help you with that because it does sound a bit kind of fluffy, but once the t- you know it turns in your mind, you think, oh yeah, that makes sense. So let's start with a recommendation for you. This is a fantastic book. Eric Fromm, F-R-O-M-M, I hope I pronounced his name correctly, was a German social psychologist. And I first was introduced to Eric Fromm's works when I read his book, The Art of Loving. Now, if you want to read that book, it's only short, it's really good. And look at the title, not the technique of loving, (laughs) the art, like the art of conversation. There's an art to loving, being lovable and loving people. So that was when I first uh, read his works a couple years ago, a few years ago now. But the one I want you to check out is The Art of Being. You can see what he did there. He's got himself a little um, continuation. <laughs> and he helps to you to make that understanding and that shift between being and having. So that's a really good place to start if you think, oh, how do I actually do this? Social psychologists, psychoanalysts, these people spend years studying and working with you know, the public, real people, to understand how do people actually, how are they? You know, How do they present? What are they like as human beings? Often when you speak to psychologists, they don't know a lot about, you know, certain things their clients might have, but they know all about how they are as a, as a being, you know, their emotions, their thoughts, their relationships, the being rather than having. So if you totally stuck with that, it's a great place to start. And I want to get into examples that I've had where this has totally been true for me because anecdotal examples, real life examples, right? They stick in our heads, don't they? And I, I wouldn't, you know me, I don't make anything for you I don't believe in and this is something that I've experienced through business, maybe in teaching, but I think definitely more in business. So we've got Eric Fromm. He's somebody who can help you to start to make that understanding of who do I want to be rather than what do I just want to have. And the second one is another book recommendation. This is a really good one. It's called 10 Keys to Happier Living by Vanessa King. Now, Vanessa King is um, a rare person that she has a master's in applied positive psychology. And it's actually, she's, uh, it's, it's on behalf of something called Action for Happiness. So if you Google Action for Happiness, it's a non-profit and it's inspired by Buddhism and its patron is the Dalai Lama, who you know I'm a big fan of. And the whole point of it is to give people, human beings like us, the psychological skills for well-being and resilience, i.e. to be able to be beings, right? If we want to be something, we have to have access to skills and resources. And so the whole book is giving you 10 different ways to be happy and to have a happy life and I read that book when I was going through a really hard time when I was depressed and off off work and medicated going through awful stuff so you know I'd read anything I could get my hands on I want to be happy so I read a book about it right and there are 10 keys and the first one is giving now I notice it's it straight away that's a being right that's something you be you be you are English sometimes falls down, but to be generous, yeah, that's a better way of phrasing it. You give, it's an action. It's not a have. You don't have generosity, although you could say that, like, you know, an unlimited, a limited amount. I've given all my generosity away. You don't have any left. No, sorry. So giving, giving to others was the first one. It's all about being kind. And I love to try and be kind, but I hadn't really focused on it as much as I do now in business before I had my business when I was off ill. So anyway, the point is, I thought, right, well, if I want to be kind, I need to do something to help somebody else. I can't just sit there saying, I am kind. So what I actually did was I, I was doing a lot of baking at the time and I baked a fruit loaf. My mum gave me a recipe for a really nice fruit loaf. And there was a lady that lives a few doors down from me. I've never really spoken to too much. So I thought, I'd give her a fruit loaf. That's a nice way of trying to be kind and, you know, open a door and make a, build a bridge and relationship. And I told my mum about it. 
And she's like, why are you going to do that? That's very forced, Mike. You can't force kindness. You can't, you know, it should just should happen spontaneously. And I, and I argued, I'd argued, I disagreed with her. I said, no, if I want to be more kind, I've got to start by training myself to do it by doing things. So it's not forced. I want to do this thing. I'm just trying to make an effort. Maybe it'll become a bit easier as I've become more kind. And she went, all right, give it a try. So I'll never forget, I opened the door. She opened the door, lady, and I told her what I was doing. <laughs> I just said, I don't know you really well. I thought we'd get to know each other a bit better, and I've baked you this, and I thought you might like it. i never forget her answer. She, her whole face just changed. She went, oh, bless you. That's so kind. And she, you know, she took in the fruit loaf, and she ate it, enjoyed it. And now years on, you know, whenever I see her, I say hello, and she says hello. We've got a good relationship. So that was me applying something I learned straight away from that book. And, and if you know Catalyst, you know loving kindness is one of the main values. So that was years ago I did that, maybe six, seven years ago. And I just kept practicing being kind and being kind and being kind. And it it became a part of an important, a very important part of me to the point where, if, you know, I'll tell you now, if I died tomorrow, I want on my tombstone, here was Michael Quigley. He was kind and that'll do for me. That's it. That's enough. I want to be kind. So reading that book might give you some inspiration, but also might help you to self-reflect on who do you want to be? Because a lot of these are in relation to yourself and other people. That It's not about having stuff. So that's two recommendations, but I want to go a bit deeper with that. I want to give you some open-ended questions, three or four open-ended questions. Open-ended questions are excellent because if I try and... I'll never tell you what to do, but if I give you books to read and things to try that's good. But better than that is to give you and suggest things to ponder, things to go away and think about, because we often do knee-jerk reactions, right? So we do the thing that comes to mind quickest or the thing, how we feel in that moment. But do you ever have like something you think, I don't really know the answer to that, and it bugs you, and you think about it, and you're like, hmm. And it goes on for days, if not weeks or months. And it, But then when you come to realisations, they're so deep because you've worked really hard at them. If you think about your favourite music, sometimes you, you like a song straight away. But the best songs, you think, yeah, it's all right, that. And you listen to it again and again. And suddenly something clicks, doesn't it? And you're just like, that's an absolute banger. That's a, that's a song for life. I'm like that with Rush. Some of the best songs I didn't like that much, as, but they grow on you, you know? So these open-ended questions are given in the spirit of just go away and think about them and see what happens. And the answers that you get, for me, they've been incredible. So here's the first one. How do you want to be over the next few months? Now, if you don't want to say, think months because that's too far ahead, you could just say this week or you could project further into the future with a year. How do you want to be? Not what do you want to have. How do you want to be? How do you want to be in your relationships? How do you want to be with yourself? If good stuff happens, how do you want to be then? When bad stuff happens, how do you want to be the being? How do you want to be? Not who do you want to be. That's a bit existential and deep, right? How do you want to be? Do you want to be kind? Do you want to be loving? Do you want to be patient? Do you want to be resilient? Do you want to be angry? What, what do you want to be? How? Think about it. That's the first one. The second one is, okay, once you've got that, you think, I want to be happy. Then you think, the second one is, well, when can you practice that? It's a lot of these things in the action of doing. Now, sometimes it's not just actually doing something. It might just be focusing on it. So meditation is great for that. You apply your focus to it. You can just sit there and do nothing, but you're actively thinking about it and focus on it. So how can you practice it? So say you want to be happy. How could you practice that? Could you give something away to somebody else? Could you write a list of things that actually make you happy and go do them? Could you make an effort with your relationships? Could you sit and think about it? Because 
if you want to be a certain way, you've got to craft it. I had to work on my kindness. I had this realization. I was like, I'm not as kind as I could be. <laughs> you know? But once I recognized that, I worked on it. So how can you practice it? Where can you practice it? With who could you practice it? And the third one would be, and how will you know when you are that way? How will you know? Now, if you've listened to these podcasts, you'll know that I use that word carefully. When you properly know something, it's lived experience, gained insight. You've not just watched a video about it. You've not read a book or listened to my podcast. You know it. If you love your kids, you know it deep in your bones. If you have a mission, you know it. If you've been through a terrible experience, it's taught you something, you know it, don't you? You know it. You're never going to forget it. So how do you want to be? And then how are you going to practice that? But how do you know when you've actually done it? So for example, are you going to get some certain numbers or data, feedback? Is somebody going to say something to you? Is there a particular event and you want that event to go well? Is it just a feeling, a sensation? Is it you're going to check in with yourself? Is it going to have a little tick list? I'm a big fan of tick lists. Try that. How are you going to know when you're happier? It's very simple, isn't it? But it's, it's very profound. So I'll give you an example. When I was a teacher, people always used to say to me, oh, I don't know how you do that. I couldn't, I don't have the patience for it. And I never even, that never even crossed my mind because when you're a teacher, you're forced to be patient. <laughs> Any teachers, you know what I'm talking about. Same with parents. And you don't think I'm going to be patient today. You just do it because you have to be. But if you apply this patience idea to the, the three questions I just gave you, I realized when I started in business, I was quite impatient. I wanted it now. I want it straight away. It's a very, very bad way to run your business because when you haven't got something, what are you going to do? Just give up. So I focused more on it and said, I want to be more patient. And I kept saying that to my mum and my dad and my family. I kept thinking, how can I be more patient? And I found ways. And so if, if we think about this third question, how do I know when I'm patient? Last week I was working and I was with a client and we're on Zoom and we took a break. And the moment I stood up, I spilled my coffee all over the notes I just made, ruined them, completely ruined them. Now, if I wasn't patient, I know exactly the swear words I would have used and exactly what I would have done in that moment without even thinking about it. But do you know what happened? I spilled the coffee and I looked at it and I went, okay. And I just stood up and I went and got a cloth and I cleaned it all and there was no reaction at all, nothing at all. And that's come from years and years and years of practicing. I'm not saying I'm Superman, but I know that by just staying calm about it, I just cleaned it up and it was fine. If I wasn't patient in that moment, often when we're tested under pressure just like that, it will show if you're really patient or not, you know? So that was how I found out that I was more patient than maybe I thought, or maybe I used to be, and that's really nice. The big one for business in relation to patience or relation to anything is how do we want to be? A lot of my clients say they want to be more kind of in the present moment and happy with their people and their family. They want better work-life balance. They want to be a certain way. They don't often talk about what they want to have. Yes, we do that. But the having is often because the having is like a way to being. So I'll give you another example. I realized this about two years ago, striving to have all these things and do all these things. And I realized the whole point of this stuff is so that for a future present moment, I'm going to be happy or I'm going to be a certain way. So for example, I'm working on all these things in the business. Why? Because in a few years, I want to have more time freedom to spend with my loved ones. That was something I thought four years ago and it's happening, which is really cool. And so what could you do about that one? If you want to be more present and you feel like you're always thinking about the future because you've got to think about this and think about that and you're always thinking about the past, meditation. I've done podcasts on meditation, just listen to them. Being in the present moment is one of the best things you can do 
to stop yourself from thinking, when I have that, I'll be happy. When I do that, I'll be happy. When this goes that way, I'll be happy. It never happens. I made that mistake. I used to say, when I get this, I'll be happy. When I do that, when I get my blue belt, my brown belt, my ha, my house, my car, this girlfriend, this business, my body a certain way. Notice the language when I have, yeah? When I have these things, then I will be. When I have, then I'll be. It doesn't work. If I be first, then I might have, you know? If I am kind, then I might have good relationships. If I am patient, then I might, I don't know, be more relaxed. It can work with your clients as well. It can work with anything. When I make these podcasts, I would love to have millions of people listen to them. That's not important. I want them to be excellent. And I focus on them being, hopefully, excellent. And people have been saying, again, how do I know if I've done it? Well, people give me good feedback. <laughs> so if you focus on the being, here's another good one. Has this got any value for somebody other than myself or is it just about me? I want it to be a good post. If it has likes and tweets and shares and things like that, that's great, but that's like a vanity metric. If it has something of it in its being of quality and content, then the haves follow. I've put out stuff sometimes that's tanked and nobody's looked at it. And I know it was really good and vice versa. So you can apply that into content. You can apply that into how you are with clients. How do you want to be with your clients? People say to me, I want this many clients. Great, okay. Once you've got your 10 clients, how are you going to be with them? And they go, what do you mean? Well, are you going to be kind? Are you going to be proactive? Are you going to focus more on their business than yours? Once you've got these clients, how are you going to be with them? Because it's how you are with them that's going to make the difference whether they're going to stay or go. And people go, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. The same in friendships, isn't it? It's not how many friends have you got. It's who are those friends you can just be with and have a laugh. You know, when you laugh so hard that your face hurts. That's more of it, isn't it? That's what we want. And I thought a little phrase to kind of sum it up. You can't have everything, especially in tough times. You can't have everything, but you can be so much, so much. The being side is unlimited. It really is. There's no limits how kind we can be, how happy we can be, how resilient we can be. Yeah. So you can't have everything, but you can be so much. So I hope that's been helpful with something making a bit of a shift, maybe from having to being. Check out those books. Um, think about it. It's a good one. I really think about this quite a lot. And even if you don't, just take one thing. Just remember this. Just as you are right now, just as you be, <laughs> someone loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon. So today's random positive fact, I love this. In the last 20 years alone, the amount of people in our world in extreme poverty has almost halved. Now, let's keep up the good efforts. I'd love to, in future podcasts, say there's a quarter left and then hopefully one day I'll be able to say until it's nobody. <laughs>